around five years. This is something you can hang your head on. What a run. What this, a run. This was, uh, I can't remember the last time so much was packed into a four-day stretch. Well, never. Nobody's ever won four games in a row to win the ACC title like well, this. Well, I mean, it was only possible in the last four or five years. But, yeah. yes, true. Uh... This is the Duke Basketball Junkies. I'm Mike. This is Peter. What's up, Peter? Hello. And we are finally on both on board, fired up. Are we? Are we on the same page? I, I hope we're on the same page now. <laughs> <laughs> Cynicism be gone. I mean, there's still, you know, it wasn't a perfect performance every game, but hot damn redemptive arc for the team. I think we show the world what we're capable of. Yeah. Uh, it was just an, an incredible run. I don't think people want to play us. No. I don't uh, think anyone don't, wants to play us. I don't us. think people want to see us in their bracket. Yeah. Well, let's save the bracket talk and the seeding talk for a little later in, in, in this podcast. And let's just sure. let's just enjoy. Let's talk about the games. Let's talk about the run. Um Impressions, just overall, your overall feeling at this moment, a couple hours after the, the championship game? Joy. Actual joy? You feel okay? Yeah, I got, I got a little indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think coming into the ACC tournament, um, you know, Coach K had said some things about how he, even though we're like 25, 30 games into the season, he's still trying to. Um, sift out what the identity of this team is. And, you know, this is his team. And we've been trying to figure it out on this podcast all year, whether they have the stones or not, Yeah, I mean, what their identity is and who, who li- they are. Literally 36 hours ago, I mean, I was down in the dumps. What happened 36 hours ago, Peter? Um, UNC was having and all-you-can-eat buffet in the paint against us. Kennedy Meeks was coming back for seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths. Isaiah Hicks, they were getting all the offensive rebounds. It seemed like, you know, I, I told a handful of people that I thought UNC was the best team, college basketball, and it seemed that way for the first 25 minutes of that game. How about those last 10? I, I saw, I saw How about co- those last 14 minutes? Yeah, I saw I saw <laughs> Coach K check it, sub in Marquise Bolden. I was like, okay, Coach K's finally adjusting. You know, because of all of UNC's bigs, he's going to match them. We're going to have Bolden and Giles or Bolden and Emil Jefferson and Tatum, and we're going to try to counter their size. Nope. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> no, it was just Bolden. He took out Jefferson, and he took out Giles, and it was Bolden and um, – Tatum and then three guards and what we did in this in the last 15 minutes of that game was pretty much unbelievable we never missed a shot draining threes pretty much every possession getting fouled and uh we just outscored them I mean I think that's our identity all right what did we do we ran them off the court we ran Carolina off the court I know did Barry we, was did up. we run them off but the let, court? Let, yeah well before we get into each game let's take yeah. each game one at a time but uh, overall, 36 hours ago, yeah. you're down in the dumps at the beginning of the game. It doesn't look good. Well, yeah, because I thought UNC was clearly out, out playing us. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Roy Williams has his team like it's done a certain way, and Coach K just never adjusts. They had a plan, right? We didn't seem like. But we had I mean, a plan. I, I like, guess I guess now I I can see Coach K's plans. Like he isn't going to play two bigs and Tatum and and two guards because he wants either Hicks or Meeks to have to guard a guy who can shoot from anywhere on the floor, which is the identity of our team. We've got Frank Jackson, Grayson, Luke, Jason Tatum. Four incredible scores, and he's forcing the other team to match up with us. And those are matchups that no team can match. No, nobody can match up with us like, if we're playing well. We're, of course. The way we're the way we're shooting is just scalding, scorching hot. Against Notre Dame, we shot sixty-one percent. That's just can't could never happen again. And we're cutting down the nets in a season where. We had grave doubts about cutting down the nets, despite preseason expectations of maybe only losing a couple games all year. Yeah, and, yeah. And we've lost a bunch of games. We even lost two of our last, three of our last four in the regular season, right. which led me to, you know, with the other day when we you did had, the last you had, podcast. You had an out-of-body experience, I think. Oh, I hadn't had lunch, and it had been a long morning. Well, that sounds like a reasonable explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people are grumpier before lunch. Uh, no, you know, I just... All year, I have been pulling for this team to become, at least to hint, you know, even they had hinted at it, yeah. but to really become what I had hoped they could become, to live up to their potential, to be at least as good as the sum of their parts, but hopefully even be greater than the sum of their parts. And it, I just kept getting let down. Every time they, they kind of like made me feel like it was about to happen, turning the corner on the season... I felt like they pulled the rug out from under me as a fan. They take two or three steps forward and take one step back. At least one step back. Repeatedly, over and over. Yeah, I mean, uh, our transition defense, our pick-and-roll defense, uh, our, like... All of those are con- still... Confusion on who should be the all, alpha on yeah. offense. All those things all those that plagued us. those are still sort of question still marks. Issues. Yeah, still issues. still issues. But, but in this tournament, the truth was revealed. The truth that this, The truth that this team can play super well in some magnificent basketball some yeah really and magnificent basketball. offensive basketball but great team spirit leadership was displayed on, on many fronts from many different players like you know yeah. four, four, four games that each had complex stories to them none of them were gimmies yeah. no none of them were gimmies yeah even Clemson and in the end we made all the plays we needed to make and pulled together, and it was just incredibly heartening to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm just fired up. Uh, and I'm, I'm, wh- whatever happens in the NCAA tournament, is, they accomplished something here, and I'm not going to forget this run through the ACCs. And, yeah. hey, hey I, I want to win that NCAA tournament. I want to go to the Final Four. But... But I want to revel in, in, the, in these wins. Yeah, and, I, and, and I, the play. I, I feel like we're going to get cheated a little bit because um, I mean we're doing we're doing this right now mm-hmm. at at midnight. Uh, in like twelve hours, it's going to be Sunday selection time, and then I think the ACC tournament is going to be sort of forgotten about. So it's good that we're meeting now to go over it. Yeah, I mean this podcast like, should be about the ACCs. At the end, we'll we'll talk about what might happen in the seating, but I think we're going to do another one Monday. Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, yeah. yeah. After the seeding comes out, and breaking down the bracket, looking at what we think might happen, um, you know, discussing that. 
and then we'll do one after after each weekend after each of the three weekends when we win two games <laughs> and we complete our 10 and 0 run to finish the season like I and and, and the, the last podcast the I called for the ascendant arc the ascendant arc I like that it's uh you know it's what has to happen at this point it just feels like it might happen I'm I'm feeling it you know I'm feeling it and I'm fired up you're feeling it huh yeah you feeling it <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I look at things probably the way you're looking at it right now and the way probably other people are looking at it. We can be as analytical as we want, but as fans, it's really fun to feel it, right? Just, you feel it, and you know it's yes. results-oriented, I but feel it. you are feeling it. I feel it. I, I would be disappointed if we only got to like the second weekend because, I mean, this team's demonstrated that it's 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 got a lot inside. It's got a lot of heart. It's got Next. a lot of... Um, just a lot of fortitude. I mean, just think about all the games this year that have gone down to the wire that like the last minute or two minutes of the game. I mean, it's got to be at least a dozen, probably more. Yeah, and we came up short in a lot of those games. Yeah. And we were lacking in, in various ways. And each player just has had tests all year. So many different people stepped up. So yeah. many different. Every player... Apart from Kennard, maybe, I mean, yeah. he sort of walked on water almost the entire year, on offense at least. Yeah. Apart from him, every player has faced trials and tribulations, some amount of doubts. Right. Like, real flaws exposed, like, psychologically, physically, health-wise, including Coach K, including Coach Capel. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a real trial the whole season, and um, every one of them... In parts of, you know, aside from it the guys like, who didn't get in the game, yeah. everyone that played and played. And, it seems know, like they're all peaking. Accomplished a lot like, of which is Which is incredible. It seems like seven people are peaking. The whole goal of college basketball is to peak at the end of the year. Now, the best way to peak is to play way under your potential all year. And so peaking in that case might not be... A good enough peak. Yeah. But you know, the really good teams play great at the end of the year. Like Villanova last year was a really good team all year that just played great. They completely peaked at the tournament. They played close to perfect basketball. Yeah, see, I mean, that's that's where our perspective differs. Yeah. Like, I feel like Villanova last year and the year before and the year before. They've been great. They're all pretty much the same teams. But in the previous two years, like... They played Virginia in the second round and lost. They lost to NC State in the second round. The, those teams still had Archer Diacono and Daniel Ochefu and Josh Hart, and they played great. But you just – the NCAA tournament is well, this yeah, single I mean, elimination, and people just write the storylines afterwards. Sure, I agree. There's so ton, they, tons they of randomness. That, they, they say that the storyline is that this team is uh, – Of course, set, every like team a, that wins looks like – Yeah, they, they, can, write, like they, they can write the story right. afterwards. Yes, but when, in fact, they're, they're, they're probably just the beneficiary of – Tremendous luck. Sometimes. Which, which is not to say that they're not super prepared yeah. and talented and they work hard for it. Yeah, and like even in this ACC tournament, we, we got some luck. We were tied with Notre Dame. Two minutes left, you know? Yeah. Um, even even against Clemson, remember, Grayson Allen scored zero points in that game. He got called for that technical when he slammed the ball down and couldn't catch it. And he fouled the other guy like 90 feet away from the basket. Like a low point. <laughs> I mean, it looked like we were going to lose to Clemson, you know? Like, yeah. You know, if we had lost any one of these games, you and I would be viewing this very differently. 
you know, would be pretty deflated. I mean, but, yeah, if Clemson had been able to pull it out and but somebody has to win the tournament, and we won and we played great, and yeah. so, like, I just don't want. It was our the, best stretch yeah. of basketball. Yeah, and not like, just because not just because hands we down. won. Yeah, hands down. Not just because we won, and it wasn't perfect. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Hands that's, down, that's, the best yeah. best stretch of basketball, and I feel like we can play better. Yeah. Well. Sure. I feel like defensively we can play better. I feel like sure, you know Grayson and and Giles they they've they've got such a chemistry going that it it, it feels like you know he threw that he threw one alley oop to him which I thought was too high or too far, and Josh just <laughs> jumped up, got it, and dunked it. And all right, so like. That should be a tremendous tri- like. I can't wait to talk about Giles. You mentioned you mentioned a few weeks back that Grayson and Giles should just be obliterating team on pick and rolls. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, and we did a little bit of it. Giles got a little bit involved. It was fantastic to see. I mean, partly he was involved in the end of the uh, Louisville game because, or uh, I'm sorry, the end of the Carolina game because yeah. Jefferson that, was in foul trouble. Yeah, that huge stretch. Oh my God, he had an incredible stretch. Yeah. So let's let's go game by game. We'll, we'll get we'll we'll give each game five or ten minutes. Talk about our impressions. The I don't think we have to go blow by blow in every game. Clemson. We open up the tournament playing Clemson. You know we're a decent favorite in that game. <clears throat> and you you would ask me, are we a we have a better chance to lose against Clemson or win the tournament? Win four games in a row. And last week in the podcast, I I said thirty percent. Us to win, and let me tell you what I was thinking. Because thirty percent to get to the finals. That is that what I said, or not to, I said to not win? To win. Eh, I think I said it to win. I think I said it to win, but I was, you know, mathematically it didn't seem right, and you called me on it, and I, maybe I backtracked. Yeah. <clears throat> but the reason I said thirty percent was because I was thinking of it as sort of a polarized range, in that either we were gonna like to win the tournament, we were gonna have to play great. And we were going to have to come together as a team and and sort of achieve those things I was hoping we were going to achieve. And I wasn't sure if we were capable. If we weren't going to do it, if we weren't going to achieve that cohesion, and, uh, you know, we, we're not going to win the tournament, right? Okay. Very low chance. But I thought, in my head, I just thought, hey, there's like a 30% chance that this team is going to get it together. Right, I was pretty pessimistic because I just felt like it would, the, the clock was running out on the season. But I thought we still have a thirty percent chance. I mean, a month before, I thought we had a sixty or seventy percent chance of winning the ACC tournament. No, of putting it all together, of a, and playing great. Yeah, of and of, competing and still ha- having to be sort of lucky in close games against other really great. Sure, teams but too. of coming together and being the team. Being some version of the team I thought we could be. Yeah. And that's what we just saw. This, and in the this, case that this, that this, comes yeah. together, that yeah. 30%, obviously we're not 100% to win if we play this well. But yeah. I was just thinking of it like that. So when you asked me that, then, you know, right before the Clemson game, you said, well, dude, you were wrong about 30%, obviously, because look, there's four games and they're probably only 80, 85% to be Clemson at best. And then we're playing three toss up games against three really good teams after that. So, yeah, we really had like a 10% chance to win the tournament, if that. Like, looking at it objectively before the, the tournament. So, I was like, 
had to say, I guess Clemson has a better chance to beat us than we do. You know, our chance of winning the tournament. That said, I didn't expect Clemson to be that tight of a game, and it was. Like, we played well in the beginning of the game to extend the lead, and we then did, Clemson yeah, did that thing where they'd stuck around. Yeah. It's real hard to stop their I, penetration. I remember thinking in that game that it's it's just like I couldn't wrap my mind around the – like, it just seems like this whole season we can't dominate inferior teams. Like, we're clearly better than Clemson, but we can't dominate them. You know, we, we end up winning by two or six or seven or however many points, but we're not beating these teams by 15, 20 points. Um, but, yeah, I you know, all the, all these teams are good in the ACC. Clemson's actually they're pretty not, good. They're not they're bad. They're a pretty good team, and they know? have veterans. Uh, are they projected to make the tournament? Uh, I don't think so. I think they're, like, probably last four. Yeah, last four, second to last four out. I think their conference record and overall record just isn't good enough. Yeah, and if they had beaten us... <laughs> they still they would be a pretty big dog, but it's, it's another mark. Yeah. And, and if they had beaten us, we're a six seed. Yeah, we're a, well, I think I think looking at all the wins against the RPI top 15, top 25, probably five. We added three more wins. But after if we lose seven. that game, I, I remember thinking to myself, when the game got tight, Yeah. I remember thinking to myself... Man, if we lose this game, <laughs> this season is really going to feel depressing. We're done unless we unless we win the tournament. But, you know, the but it, it's like impossible from the six from the six spot. You know, very difficult. Yeah, hard to win the ACC tournament four games in a row from the five spot. So we end up pulling the game out against Clemson. Yeah. and you know, it, it was. Uh, I mean, so I, long I, ago. I can't remember. I can't remember, remember much, but it just feels like. Every game of the first three games, Luke struggled, and he had a huge oh, second that's right. half. That's right. Luke, Jason, Luke came out yeah. super cold. We shot yeah. super cold. And Jason Tatum played great the whole game. Jason Tatum played phenomenal. I mean, he – I'm just trying to, like, uh, play a mind game of, like, what he would look like as a junior or senior at Duke. He would be the greatest player in the history of the game. Yeah, he's only a freshman. His, his, so Tatum had 20, yeah. nine boards, four assists against Clemson, only two turnovers. Played 39 minutes. Yeah. And, yeah, Luke Kennard had a good second half. Oh, Frank, Frank had a very good, and good yeah, game. Yeah, your boy, really, Frank really Jackson. Basically, Frank Jackson, Luke Kennard, and Tatum ended, each ended up with 20. Yeah. And Grayson Allen it was a total donut. did nothing. He Like, after the technical, he got yanked, and, like, we're just looking at him, like, I mean, just – this guy just have emotional issues. Like I, I didn't think he should have gotten a technical. You know, he just. There was an interesting just, comment on the just, broadcast. If he had yeah. caught the ball, yeah, he probably sure. wouldn't get a technical. For he sure. doesn't catch Absolutely. the ball, so it looks more out of control. And it's sort of like a delay a game type of thing. Even though it was a TV timeout, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't take the ball. Even if you're frustrated, yeah. you're truly just frustrated with himself. You, you, and bang right. the ball down on the floor like that. It's just, it's just not a play. You, you, it's not a play. Yeah, it's just a stupid thing and, to do. And I, and I remember like. When the first stuff of Grayson just came out after the Elon game, I said we we should strip him of his captaincy. Like, yeah. I actually didn't really mean it, but when he does stuff like that, it's you know, Coach K made the right call. Like Frank Jackson was trying to calm him down there as a freshman, trying to calm down a junior who was a captain yeah. of the team, and in a in a very pivotal, important game for us. Um, um, I mean, but thankfully he was able to show up big time in, in the next three games. And when I looked at the box score of the Clemson game, 
Tatum scored 20, Jackson scored 20, uh, Kennard scored 20, and I just that's the identity of the team. You know, we've got five or six great scores. We need three of them to shoot lights out to, to be able to win games. No, like, they shoot lights out. They have to have good, you know, good games. They Yeah, they, I mean, they and have Matt, to score. And Matt Jones' role, you know, Matt Jones in this game played 34 minutes, had six points, two rebounds, one assist. Not a lot of usage on offense. He came up with three steals and played some solid defense, although had a tough time with the Blossom game. Yeah. And it's like, at this point, Matt Jones is such a role player. And he's playing his role pretty well. Yeah. But he's always been a role player. He's always been a role player, but his offensive usage has gone down. All those things yeah. we were saying in the middle of the year about, hey, Matt Jones has taken too many shots. I think, I think you know that it's just naturally he's taking a back seat. He's not taking that many he's, shots. He's anymore. he's aware enough to know that he's hurting the team by yeah. shooting. I mean, if if he's got a wide open three and there's five seconds left, go ahead and fire it off. But look for better options. I mean, that's that's an asset. You know, like good. Yeah, good, we don't need for five guys on the court. But it, it it was sort of funny. Like he's been slumping for like a month, month and a half. Like he pretty much plays hot potato with the ball when the ball's thrown. Yeah, to he him. hasn't. You know, he doesn't he just really look for. His doesn't shot even look. Much. Doesn't even look for driving lanes. He just he he passes it immediately. Yeah, which is so. I, stick game by game if yeah, we can sure. a little bit instead of because we could just get to Matt Jones hitting that big shot tonight, uh, but. Basically, from Clemson, the storylines are Matt Jones has a decent game as that role player, you know, doesn't doesn't really do too much and you know lighting up the scoreboard. Emil Jefferson has a decent game, pretty good game, eleven and ten, not a lot of usage, only takes seven shots, and Grayson Allen blows up, gets the tech. Scores zero points for the first time since he was a freshman, I think. Or yeah, I think they did say that. Yeah, and the and and at only that, had one assist. He only played twelve minutes. At at that point, the redemptive arc, the redemptive trajectory arc of Grayson seemed like, like it was torpedoed. Yeah, and then Harry Giles only gets in for five minutes. He got in. He made one play. No, nobody played. He just didn't play. Yeah, nobody and like, played. It was Shushevsky playing those five starters. Yeah, you know, without Grayson Allen, and you know. Getting, making much of a dent, all in the 30s with Kennard and Tatum playing 39, Frank Jackson, Matt Jones, each playing 35. And we pull out the game. We do enough to win. Kennard hits enough shots down the stretch. Tatum played a great game all throughout. The whole tournament. The whole tournament played yeah. great. So we get past we get past Clemson. And, then and I'm we, thinking, oh boy, we've got to play Louisville. We match up really poorly against Louisville, right? They had those two stud guards. They got Dang Adele. They got... And Mahmoud, who honestly, killed who us. killed us. And we know they're going to pick I, and roll I saw, I saw a few new faces of Louisville, like a couple skinny white guys. Uh, one guy tried to like rough, rough, like get into it with Grayson, try to get him off his game. And yeah. I remember Harry Giles stepped in and tried to be the enforcer. I mean, that's good. Yeah, at his back. Uh, me, me, and you actually get together. Yeah, lunch. I took a lunch from work. Went to the, the local bar here. We got volume on the TV. We're the only ones. Me, you, and our friend Mike. Uh, all Duke, all Duke guys, and we took it in, and we were just kind of prepared to be disappointed. We were uh, very guarded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the, very guarded. We're, yeah, yeah. It did not feel like it feels right now. Um, we were not really, you know, that that Louisville game was depressing, the one on the road, because they, they really outplayed us. 
And I they, felt they, like they, they, they outplayed us for like 25 minutes, the last 25 minutes of the game. Yeah, and in in this game, I felt like they were exploiting us. And the biggest hole was that transition defense. They were just converting so quickly off inbounds, off after our made baskets and on rebounds. They had a run there early in the second half where they they scored like 10 straight, like five straight baskets. In transition. In transition yeah. without us ever stopping the ball. Yeah. Like, I just... And they're, they're great at that, yeah, right? They are great at that, but I feel like we sort of lack urgency after we score. You, It's it's not even necessarily uh, offensive, or it's not off a rebound a that they're beating us down. Like, it's a lack of awareness. Sometimes, like, you know, because Tatum scores a shot and he's flexing his muscles, and meanwhile his man's beating him down the court. Tatum's flashing like, his three yeah, fingers I'll, up and, like, posing for that shot he knows it's on TV. And, I mean, Luke's, <laughs> Luke's sort of posing a lot now, too. And we're complaining about not getting calls. Yeah. Like, Emil's always looking at the rep, and these guys... I mean, and Kennard we're, gets back. Yeah, we're a just lot. we're nitpicking, but these guys—it's sure. the first thing they There's do. No excuse. It's, it's not sprinting down the court. There's no excuse yeah. for giving up five straight transition baskets like that. It's been a problem all year. They know about it, and like these are the things. These are the reasons we don't, we can't win a game by twenty points against anybody, right? Yeah. Until we blew Carolina off the court, but so even then we didn't win by more than ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, basically, in the second half, after this gut check, we're down nine points, right? Uh, it starts. I feel like it really starts then. It's Luke Kennard time. Jason Tatum time. What happened? Grayson Allen time. Grayson. Grayson steps up, plays a great, great game, especially in the second half, making plays. Uh, he, Grayson Allen, the scorer... Yeah, kind of peeked his head out a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. That kind of peeked his head out a little bit, and and it was kind of kind of when we needed it. And Kennard had a very poor shooting half in the first half again. Right. On that. Like really bad. Yeah, that that's a tough court, I guess, to shoot on for him. Yeah. It's a big court. It's an NBA arena. Uh, it's not not a court he's played on before. Right. Duke never's had a game there. You know, hopefully none of these guys get have to play on the Nets in their career. You know they're all gonna have to visit. Hopefully none of them have to get resign. You know, designated to play on the Nets. But uh, Kennard shows up in the second half and hits big shots down the stretch. And Tatum again goes nine for fifteen from the field, plays another thirty nine minutes, twenty five points, six rebounds, three steals. Tatum was such an animal, and the what what I liked best about him throughout this ACC tournament was he just attacked, attacked, attacked. You know, dribble drives, um, a lot of. He didn't take too many like bad seventeen to twenty footers. He took a took he, a few, some, but yeah, much but, less but as it, a percentage. If, if you, settling, yeah. A lot if less. you look at a lot of the box scores, you know it's like nine for fifteen. Those types of numbers where it's good efficiency in addition to scoring. And, and he had a couple of highlight plays against Louisville that yeah. were sick. Yeah, he's just he's taking it with every you know, game, strong actually. moves, and then he's like contorting his body midair through two defenders. And then, like, putting the ball up with English to, to finish. I mean, just he's finishing so better. strong. Yep. So strong. I feel like he's taller. His wingspan is longer. I think you're seeing healthy and yeah. practiced. And all that, all that like, uh, the head scratching, like, discombobulation as he screws up another finish <laughs> was, was really non-existent in the ACC tournament. I mean, he, I can't remember too many that he, a, he didn't finish. Hey, yeah. I mean... 
He's not perfect. He's a human being. Yes, he's still human. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't look very human a few times he, in this tournament. He just looked like he was playing above the game. And in he, this Louisville game, he kept us in the game. Yeah. In that first half, if it wasn't for, for Tatum, right. we're getting our doors blown off. Yeah. And possibly we're exiting the tournament. And, and again, that speaks to the team identity. Like, uh, Grayson did that for us against UNC in the first half. And again, if you look at the box score here, we've got three guys that score 20 or close to 20. You know, mm-hmm. we've got Grayson, Tatum, and, and Luke. And Giles, Giles gets, a, gets more minutes in this game and, and plays some, has some, makes some plays. Has a couple of steals, puts, you know, a couple of baskets. He, there's a few things here and there. But yeah, still a few like, things. He shows some yeah. flashes. He's shown flashes throughout the year. Uh, we didn't necessarily know what was coming in the Carolina game. I mean, I've been rooting for this all year. Because like, I know Giles' ceiling is so high. Yeah. If we can just get a taste of it, just some spurts of Giles, you know. And, you know, because he's, uh, he's, at some point, he's, if he gets healthy, he's going to be the truth again. He you, could be. You, you know that the first two guys off our bench, preseason national player of the year candidate, and Giles first and overall projected lottery pick. So... In both Clemson and Louisville game, the first sub in was Grayson Allen all by himself. In Clemson and Louisville? All by himself. Okay. In the first half and the second half. Okay. In the Carolina game and tonight against Notre Dame, Giles and Allen, Allen was joined by Giles at the scores table to sub in together. You, you think that's a recent phenomenon? Because I feel like that, that. It's not that we've never seen it before. Yeah. But, like, it was clear that Grayson was the one of the six, and Giles just felt like sort of a, a footnote as the seventh guy in the rotation. Yeah, because often he only gets five, six, eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But but that, that changed. That changed this weekend. So, against Louisville, uh, Frank Jackson doesn't... Quite. Doesn't, very quiet game. Very quiet game. Matt Jones, zero points. I looked at the Matt Jones line after this game. He only got 23 minutes. Yeah. So Coach K kind of demoted them a little. Yeah. And because that Frank Jackson lineup was working better. Right. And Grayson and, played such a good game. And I, I can't. I'm pretty sure in the down the stretch, either against Louisville or UNC. I mean, Matt Jones is just on the bench in, yeah. for the last four minutes, and you almost never see that. You know. You haven't you're just, seen you're it. You're just so used to Matt Jones being on the floor. Right. And I don't I think mean, it's, it's like, like a huge indictment yeah, of Matt yeah. Jones. Because with it's our, more the confidence yeah. in Frank Jackson. Yeah. With our seven guys, it's it's a it's like I feel bad for whoever's on the bench because they're such great players. You know, like two people have to sit and they're gonna be great players. And for all we know, like maybe Marquise Bolden is the best player out of all these guys, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he isn't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he isn't, but I hope he comes back next year and I hope he yeah, he plays great. Uh, he's not going to get much. He's not going to get in the game much unless the emergency defensive situations, apparently, or yeah. somebody. Yeah. Even if somebody goes down with an injury, I still don't think. Well, anyway, let's not get into the minutes with the Bolden thing again. But uh, yeah, Matt Jones line in this Louisville game: twenty three minutes, over three, yeah. one rebound, not a defensive rebound, offensive rebound, one assist, one steal. I mean, it's the low. It's probably the the worst game of the season in terms of production. Yeah, I kept an eye on him just to see like body language mm-hmm. if he was devastated because he's losing minutes and he knows he can't make a jumper. And you know, I'm sure his confidence was shook pretty good. Yeah, I think he's too too much of a leader. Yeah, and too much of a veteran on this team 
to, to really get down too much about right. one or two games, right. considering you know his history. So we we pull out the Louisville game, and we just we just we pull away from them down the stretch, and it felt like almost a little bit lucky. Louisville, not lucky, but we earned it. But uh, Louisville wasn't hitting threes down the stretch. Uh, yeah, I, I remember when we grabbed the lead and extended a little bit. They, they're just that's not their identity. They can't hit outside yeah. shots. They, they're not going to be able to. Um, yeah, we had come, one, come from behind. Yeah, we had one nice run yeah. essentially where we scored like seven straight points, and that that yeah. that kind of. I mean, these these guys down the stretch in the second half, when we need buckets, like the last, Luke, yeah. Luke was phenomenal. Basically, in every game from but like all twelve of them, minutes yeah. to five minutes, you know, well, especially Louisville and Carolina. So, so we beat Louisville, and we just want to get to the Carolina game, right? To talk about the Carolina game. Yeah. Do you have more to say on Louisville? No. I uh, mean, I'm going to be honest. Heading against UNC, I was afraid. I was very, very afraid. How the game played out the first 25 minutes was how I imagined the game would play out. Let's talk about the first five minutes of the game. Okay. Where Kennedy Meeks just... Kennedy Meeks is just feasting. Just feasting. Five or six easy baskets. Feasting. And we're down... What were we down? Like 10 to 4, 10 to 2, something like that. And it's like, how are we going to stop this? How are we going to stop this? And it just never stops. They kept coming. They kept coming. Grayson kept us in with, they had so four, many easy with dunks. four threes. But right. it we seemed get, like their buckets were the easiest buckets ever. Yeah. They just had layups and dunks. Yeah. It, it felt like. Yeah. And um, and and I swear, I think Luke Kennard gets backdoored at least two and a half times a game. I mean, it seems like his guy backdoors him all the time. And Luke's just swiveling his head. Not even just backdoored. I mean, tonight. Well, he gets he Notre gets Dame, he gets beat off the dribble. He got also. beat off the dribble by those you know those those Notre Dame guards a couple of times. Right around him on the baseline, give up baseline twice, and uh, he failed to come. He failed to help from the weak side on these high high ball screens. You know, when uh, the big man gets left open, yeah. and even if he does get there in time. He's, he's not. He's not doing yeah, too he, much. He, I mean, he could go for a strip. And that's that's, that's about not it. totally fair because I, I felt like he did have a couple of good defensive games in terms of blocks, steals. Like he he definitely had a few where yeah, few but those were more like when someone else was was contesting the shot as well. Okay, it wasn't like he came over and nakedly went up yeah. and like shut down a guy, but he does make some like heady heady decisions he makes like some heady strips yeah and like saves like it's not like he can't make any good defensive plays at all yeah but he does he you know he is a weak spot in, in certain ways on the def- on the defensive side right. as is Grayson and both of them but you know you know what throughout this ACC tournament and this evolution of our team i felt like when Grayson or Luke or whoever got burned I thought Jason Tatum, his help defense was fantastic. Incredible. I mean, like, you know, our guards get beat a lot. When they do, I'm always just expecting, like, Emil or Giles or Bolden or somebody to help out. But Tatum was just a force. Like, he, he obviously couldn't make up for all the times that people got burned, sure. but he did his share in terms of altering shots, you know, making the shots tougher, blocks, thank, s- steals. So thank goodness. And I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Tatum's just an animal. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an animal. He's he affects the game in so many ways with his length and 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 just uh, how teams have to adjust to him. Have to be aware. He still does those crazy travels. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He's not a perfect player. 
okay, so, so Kennedy Meeks is killing us, right? Yeah. Kennedy Meeks is killing us, and thank goodness he gets into some foul trouble. Kenny? Kenny did? No, he ended up with four fouls. He only played 24 minutes. Hmm. Down the stretch, they took that's, him out. That's that's not uh, atypical. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, he's not I, a high-minutes guy. If you, if you look at their season averages, they're all in the low 20s. The starters are in the low 20s for their bigs. Oh, you know what? You know what? Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, because they have four bigs. They've got Kennedy, they've got Isaiah Hicks, they've got Luke May. And I'm sorry, he played 27 And they've got um, the Tony Bradley guy. Like, Roy Williams is just going to play two bigs all the time, and he wants him to run all the time. So, yeah. you know, he subs well, him he, out pretty. He was, he was taken out. He was taking him out towards the end of the game because of our offense. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just, we were just torching people so, offensively. So before we get to the second half, the yeah. first half, Kennedy Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, just a whole load. Josh, Jack, Justin Jackson's playing great. Justin Jackson, right? Yeah, Justin Jackson. He ended up. He ended having up a really tough him. shooting night, but yeah. in the first half, like first he, half. he started off pretty well. Okay. You know, made three, at least three three pointers. And where Barry was killing us on those like those threes in the first half of the last game, their game plan was the opposite. They're like they're going to come in trying to stop Barry from shooting threes. We're just going to dump it into the post, and and they did it so effectively. It just seemed like a great game plan. Yeah, they're, they're, and the only reason we stayed in the game is because Grayson Allen. Knocks down what four, four. threes? It was in the four first or half? five in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and was... and also I felt like they 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 made a, a series of mistakes. I can't really remember exactly what they did, but I felt like when they were I, fouling when, us. Yeah, when I when they I checked the score, the... the score was always like we're only six or seven or eight down, but it felt like we should be down like twelve. The the, the hidden story of the game, and if you watch Roy Williams' halftime interview. Halftime interview? Yeah, before the second half starts, they they, they force the coaches to take yeah. an interview. And they're they're like, you played great. They're up seven and a half. And Roy Williams is like, but we it, just have to play without fouling. Yeah, We have to stop with the foul. We have to cut down on those fouls. Because when you look at the, the box score, we shot 37 free throws. Yeah, that'll never happen again. And it wasn't because we were getting fouled on like, Aggressive drives all the time. They were fouling us outside the three point yeah. line and reaching in. They yeah. were putting. They were a little. I was very too... very surprised by Joel Berry's uh, third and fourth fouls were awful awful reachings on play and they, with and they zero were, upside. And they were fouls. Yeah, zero upside. I saw some people talking about the fourth foul not being a foul. It was a little hard to see. But he, when they he slowed he it down, definitely hit Frank play. Jackson's uh, wrist. Yeah, hit his wrist. But, but um, so they're fouling us. Yeah. So in the I, I end will... of the first half, they're basically like committing these. These like ticky tack fouls, just really stupid. But I think they were just so excited to like potentially turn destroy us over. destroy us and get the number one overall seed. They got they got overexcited. I think I mean confident. I can't let it go by without saying that those three officials were three of the worst officials I've ever seen. Yeah, and they, I, I agreed with everything in, Jay Billis was saying yeah, about in, rebounding in the first half. Luke Kennard had the ball. A UNC defender. Poked the ball out of his hands and it flew out of bounds. Right, right. The ref, the ref <laughs> called the ball for UNC and Jay Bills is like, no, that, 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 can't, that can't be happening. I mean, he's closer to it. He must have seen it. Luke must have like touched it. They showed the replay. Luke made no attempt to re- regain the ball. Yeah. So the UNC guy pokes the ball out of his hand, goes out of bounds, and Jay Bills is like, that's just. An impossibility that that can't be correct, and it was a very unusual call. And there were a few like offensive uh, fouls called that were just absurd. Well, in like, the second half, absurd. In the second half, uh, Grayson Allen drew an offensive 
yeah. charge against uh, was it uh, Justin Jackson? Was it Jackson? And then the very and next then the, time, the back. opposite, the reciprocal play happened two minutes later, and it was just a pure makeup call. Yeah, neither of them pushed off right. with their like opposite hand. What they had done was just use their body to like, you know, edge around the guy. Yeah, and if, if this is an offensive foul, the game of basketball is changing completely. So yeah, bad calls. But those refs, were, I thought they balanced out. Like I, I didn't think it. They really, were awful really both ways. The they were awful both yeah. ways. But um, I, I also did feel like in both the first and the second halves, when UNC picked up close to seven fouls, like we we were instructed to start attacking the basket because we attacked, we attacked, we attacked. We shot thirty seven free throws. I mean that it wasn't I, just attacking. I, the I basket. can't remember. I can't remember seeing that number ever in a college basketball game where one team shoots thirty seven free throws. And we made 33 of them. That's very close to 90%. It's hard to win games when the other team has 32 field goals and you have 25. Right? And it's also hard to win a game when the other team has 43 rebounds and you have 32. But would would you be interested in knowing that we won the game? (laughs) So let's talk about the second half. Sure. What, what, uh, it's just, uh, so basically Joel Berry goes out with his fourth foul with 15 minutes <laughs> in 15, yes. 15 and a half minutes yeah. to go in the game. Right. Right. And, uh, they actually extend the lead for a minute or two after up to like 13 yeah. points, right. maybe 13, 14 points. Yes. Before from... we, before we get into how awesome we played during this entire, this stretch from 13 minutes down through the rest of the game. Let's talk about Roy Williams' decision to voluntarily sit Joel Berry, their point guard and leader, until under four the under four minute timeout. No, it was. Yeah. Um, no, he four minutes left. He, in the he, game. Four he, and a half. He went to the scores table with like five and a half minutes, and he couldn't check in until about four and a half minutes okay. because he was just there was there was no dead ball. All right, so he voluntarily yeah. sits him out essentially eleven minutes remain of the fifteen and a half left in the game. Yeah. And he's a point guard. So he's not like a big guy having to guard the post who's like liable to really pick up a foul. And I know he made stupid fouls in the third and fourth. And I know Carolina has this weird philosophy about making sure guys sit on the bench when they like pick up those fouls. But they're playing Duke. We're making a run. We even take the lead. Joel Berry's still on the bench for another five minutes. I mean, it was pretty unbelievable. Roy Williams, uh, just what a strategic mistake, right? Yes, I agree with you. It was awful, but um, Roy Williams just comes. He's old school, old, old, old school. Just I mean, just sort of like Coach K, sort of inflexible. He's got certain rules, and in those, it's like it's like running the ball when you're ahead with the lead in the NFL or something. Like yeah, you know, like right, like in those spots, like he's just gonna do what he does, and that's like. He's been trained. Like, if your guy gets in foul trouble, I'm not going to send him back in until about the four-minute mark, you know? Like, when we played in the Dean Dome last year, um, it was a – we basically stole that game. You probably can't remember, but we stole that game. We took the – like a one-point lead. Uh, Joel Berry dribbles down – down the court, he goes to Roy Williams looking to see if, if he wants to call a timeout, and he says, no, just run the play. And he's just dribbling around, and they, they don't get off a clean shot. And that was a big, like, post, post-game post interview topic. And Roy Williams just, I mean, first he was crying because he's very emotional, but he's like, that's just how I've been taught. Like, I'm not going to call a timeout in that spot, even though he had three timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He's like, uh, I want them to, it's, it's better. Like, 
how he does things is how he does things, and he's just never going to change. Well, part of the reason you sit the guy and you don't let him back in the game, like any guy gets 2,000 in the first half, they don't play the rest of the first half Not, in Carolina, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, and like, in Carolina. Part of the reason they do it is they don't want guys picking up that second foul, right? The, so, third, the third foul? The third foul. Okay. Or, uh, is that right? I think the second foul. Eh, eh, what whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. You sit him after one foul? What are you talking <laughs> no, about? No, they sit him after the second foul. Okay, so to prevent them from picking up the third foul. Yes, okay. to prevent them from picking up the third foul. But like, part of the reason you do that is to, deter, is to deter the behavior in the first place. Like, You want to teach the guy not to do that. right? You, this guy picks up his fourth foul early in the second half. It's like you're teaching him a lesson. You're teaching the whole team a lesson. So you like, pick up that fourth foul... You don't get back in the game, so don't pick up a fourth foul early in the second half. This is like the semifinals of the ACC tournament against your arch rival. Yeah. Okay, you're holding the lead. Don't put him back in. Duke has all the momentum, and we, we go up, and we tie the game. And there was two or three minutes where we didn't pull ahead for good like by a lot, Yeah. where he could have put him back in the game, even if he put him back in the game just for a couple of minutes. Right. I mean, it's like in, in his defense, the game... He obviously lost the lead, but it was still competitive. It was still a tie game. Nate Britt was playing pretty well, but he can't run the offense the way Joel Berry does. Yeah, they, you know, can't, Nate Britt is capable. He can't run the pick but, and roll the way Barry can, and that's yeah. our Achilles heel. And, and Barry so they is, couldn't they couldn't do it. They yeah. couldn't do what they should do. Barry's also one of their best perimeter shooters, of which they don't have that many. It's just Not him just and that. Justin Jackson. He's one. He's their best perimeter defender. Like okay. he puts ball pressure on the ball, and one of the reasons we. You know, we were able to run him off the court for that stretch is because there was there wasn't adequate pressure on our guards. You know, our guards are, are much bigger than Britt, but they're not much bigger than Barry. Uh, and Barry has better think hands. So? Yeah, I think I so. Think is Britt taller than him? I think they're for? about the same. I think they're short, like six one, six two. Like Britt, essentially, Britt might be essentially six. Barry, the guy who's been killing us. Yeah, I mean, he's, only played twenty four minutes. He's argu- it's he's voluntary. Ar- he's arguably yeah. your very best player. If you know, most people would say it's game flow dependent. Like if UNC can keep maintain like a seven eight point lead, sure, sit him for as long as you feel like you would typically do. But w- once it's once valuing the, yeah. it's valuing the last four minutes as if they're worth triple what any other four minutes in the game. Yeah, are left because, and he you could gamble and put him in with ten minutes left, and he could play the rest of the game and not foul. You yeah. could also put him in with ten minutes, and he'd pick up a ticky tack foul, and people would criticize him also. Like he's yeah. gonna get co- you put him coaches and managers left. and head coaches. They're sure. all they're all gonna yeah. get Monday morning quarterback. You know they're just gonna get criticized all the time. Like sure. it's just, I just part of the territory. It was like a very very clear mistake because he's so valuable. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. The whole with game you. was different. So. So, all right, so Barry's not in the game. They still have plenty of great players, and we're still down. We're down double they, digits. They, just, they missed every single shot. They missed. They started missing. Our defense played better. There was a stretch. I, mm, there was okay. a stretch. So I'm, let's talk about the Harry Giles stretch, yeah. because this, to me, was incredibly significant. And yeah. uh, It's a tie game at 70. Right. Right? And it had gone back and forth a little bit. You know, we retook we the lead in like the early, you know, low to mid 60s. Yeah. And well, just to refer, not retook the lead. That was our very well, we first took, lead. We took the first the lead. The right. Frank Jackson corner three made it something like 66, 65 or something like that. That was our very first lead. Like, Frank Jackson catching thir- shoot corner three is my favorite 30, shot right now. 33 minutes, uh, it just seemed like 
wow, this team is going to kill us. Yeah, we, we, we got there. You know, yeah, the, we had some, we had some like, threes. Momentum just plays that way. Now it seems like we're going to kill them because all the momentum's on our side. Right, and then they make a couple plays. Well, Grayson Allen, to get the game tied, to cut yeah. the lead down, Grayson Allen makes some really good plays. He's like He's really good facilitating. Yeah. Alley-oops, Giles, really good passes. He he got the pass of Luke Kennard. That, that was the three and a foul. Like, we're just scoring. Made, we're we're yeah. scoring points and just bucket, like, just... Yeah, that four point play was huge. Yeah, but uh, so we're at seventy seventy, and we go down, and I think, I think Harry Giles blocks a shot on the one on the one end. Yeah, it leads to a Luke Kennard pull up three from the top of the key. Okay, seventy three seventy. The crowd is fired up. You can see the building's rocking at this point. Yeah, uh, our friend Ninny uh, said it was pretty electric in there. Harry. I, and I, I'm like, did Harry Giles just go down on defense and slap the floor? He did. He slapped the floor twice, like real quick, and it was like, what is that? I've well, never I, seen a center. I actually didn't like it. I've never I seen it. I didn't like it. But he was fired up, right? I mean, I, I can see him doing it and then him getting backdoored or getting dunked on uh, because he's out of position or he can't actually, see what's going on. You know what? On. Actually, he hadn't blocked the shot yet. Kennard hits that three. We go up 73-70. Yeah. Then he slaps the floor, and like within three seconds – He's blocked the shot, and we have a we have a fast break going, and and he blocks it moving forward from deep under the basket, yeah, and starts sprinting, and you know as close to a sprint as Harry Giles can get. <laughs> Grayson Allen winds up with the ball and throws him, yeah, like a thirty five foot yeah. alley oop dunk. Harry, Harry pointed up, like from the three point line, pretty much saying he was open. It's what he's wanted there. all. He's yeah. wanted to make this play yeah. all season. I, that was actually the pass that I thought uh, Grayson threw too high, too far. Yeah. And I was surprised that he got it, collected himself, and dunked with authority. It was an incredible moment. It was like... But then he continued. It, then <laughs> it was an incredible yeah. moment. He goes down the other end. He steals the ball. They try to post him up. Yeah, it wasn't, he, it wasn't a clean steal and recover. It was like a, he, oh yeah, he, he was he, a steal, and then he sort of tapped it yeah, back he, to, uh, you know... Yeah, he taps guard. the ball away... Like contest the pass, and then like he saves the ball and like throws this really nifty little save pass. We go down, we score another bucket, right? Yeah. He goes back down. They throw it into the post against him again, and he dives out in front of it and steals it again. Mm. Then Grayson Allen a little foggy at this point. (laughs) Then Grayson Allen goes down, makes a three point play, but they call an offensive charge because. They were doing a makeup call because it was 77-70 at that point. Right. But it was basically this incredible like two-minute run, all fueled by Harry Giles. Right. And then Coach K pulls him. Yeah, I couldn't. I, <laughs> and I, then Coach K I, takes I, him I, out. I just couldn't. I couldn't believe he pulled him. I couldn't believe that he pulled He's him. Like, I gotta get a it's meal. Like, I gotta get a meal. Jefferson like, back in. He pulled him. I was like, Coach K, don't you want to see? Oh my what gosh. other crazy great things he might be capable of doing in the last two or three minutes of the game? I mean, he's on a hot streak. It ended it's, the game. It's not like it's not like he had been out there for like fifteen minutes and he was gassed. Like he had been out there for three minutes. I still wonder if he if he's not allowed to play more than four or five minutes at a time, period, because he hasn't. Okay. Maybe once yeah. all season. Like if there's a there's a I restriction. See, yeah, I could see that. But at, right after the game, when the inter- like when the interview coach K, he immediately mentioned Harry Giles. Imagine Harry Giles and Grayson Allen, yeah, both coming off the bench. Both these guys that could have been All Americans this year, and they're the guys who are making 
just huge plays down the stretch that, you know, that basically separate us from Carolina. Kennard's been hitting shots all year, but we haven't always been able to rely on Grayson Allen making the right plays, and we've had none of Harry Giles. And we get Harry Giles exactly when we need him. It was just terrific. I was I was I, fired up. Yeah, I. And then they, they I, pulled him from the game, but I was it's all very, good. I was very excited. Also, <laughs> I I did rewatch the just the second half mm-hmm. of uh, Carolina before coming here just to refresh my memory and to get fired up again. I watched it twice last to, night. To to start that sequence, Giles actually was made a horrific. He missed he missed a defensive assignment. Like he mm-hmm. somebody. Uh, pass to a big like Hicks or Meeks um, and Tatum was on him and Giles was out of position went and then he like went to double team him instead of finding the other big guy yeah, he's still making these yeah. kind of and like, then so Hicks, Hicks just dumped it off to Meeks who was wide open underneath the basket for an easy layup and I was just and you're shaking your shaking head my head like, like oh my gosh I mean <laughs> we need a meal back in here and then he went on that yeah. insane run so again still very raw still raw yeah yeah um but but like it's it's um i just felt so good for the kid yeah because he had very little of this yeah and he had so I, much struggle yeah i feel great for all these guys like it's like for harry in that spot matt jones with the the three in against notre dame like so we close out the carolina game like for the, for, for the guys who are like plateauing or struggling or maybe struggling with their confidence, like I'm so happy when they do something great yeah. to like because these guys are just going to enjoy it more if when they feel like they're contributing. You and know, again, Matt Jones against Carolina only plays 21 minutes, yeah. takes zero shots, two free throws, one assist, no rebounds. Right, but I, I felt one like steal. I felt like in the second half, Coach K said we just need to outscore these guys and he only put he put in the scores. So that lineup that lineup that was that Frank Jackson, Grayson Allen, Luke Kennard, Tatum, Tatum and a big and Giles ended up being our kind of death lineup there. Let's, but let's even not, with a meal in there it was pretty get, good. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 a you know, it was it was beautiful to see. We close out the game super professionally. Just making every free throw, we shoot ninety percent from the line, and uh, it was just it was just terrific. And at that moment, it felt like, oh my gosh, we're we can't lose. We're gonna lose any. We're gonna lose mm. ever again. Man. Okay. <laughs> I, we ran Carolina off the court. We win by ten points. You know, it felt it just felt great. Then we we come into tonight's game against Notre Dame, and you know Matt Jones is a total of like five points in the ACC tournament, and. When we need the biggest shot of the of the tournament, you know the biggest shot of the final of the championship game, up one, what was it one minute left? Yeah, fifty seconds, ninety seconds, maybe ninety seconds, boom, sticks a three. How about that? And then that's that moment. Harry Giles. I mean, Harry Giles had it the night before. Matt Jones has this huge play tonight. It was pretty terrific. Yeah, for sure. And Grayson Allen, again, makes a bunch of big plays. Harry Giles he, made more plays tonight. Yeah, I felt yeah, like that. Felt like down the stretch against Notre Dame, uh, Grayson was a little bit too sloppy with the ball with turnovers, and Coach K just sat him for the final five minutes of the oh, game. Oh, you know what? You're right. Grayson yeah. did he, get a little out of control. Like Frank, I, Frank, I Frank Jackson's is it like stronger with the ball? He might not be as dynamic of a passer. Like Grayson finds people for easy buckets. Frank doesn't do that, but he's like stronger with the ball and he initiates the offense. When Frank Jackson goes to the hole. 
he goes to the hole. I mean, he's, he gets he's a he, scary scorer. He gets there. Right right hand, left hand. I wish he got there. I wish he did a more. Oh, Frank Jackson had a big play. Uh, a, a big sort of running hoop Lefty, to the left. Lefty. To the left yeah. against Carolina. It was a beautiful thing, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I was thinking. I got All these games up. get jumbled All because they're four games. Yeah, Grayson Allen actually looked like he was forcing things a little. Tonight yeah. against Carolina. He and, didn't play yeah. a bad game. And, and actually, I thought collectively, like, at some point early in the second half, I, I thought our team was gassed. Like Coach K said as much. Yeah, like, the the legs weren't there, and it felt like after defensive breakdowns, they basically gave up on plays. And and I'm like, okay, maybe the run's over. Four games in four days is too much for a seven-man rotation. And, like, these, they're, they're spent. Like, they have no more energy. So after a TV timeout, what happens? What does Coach K do? This freaking genius, he institutes the a press. soft full court press. <laughs> like, Coach, what are you doing? I mean, and it was the exact right call. Your your guys are so gassed they can't move, and well, you want to do a full court press, but you're not even really pressing. Like you're just it's it's soft. They turned him over the first possession. No, stop. they did. They turned him over, but then they they then Grayson dribbled it off his, uh, turned it over yeah, right back. Grayson had. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah, a uh, bunch of turnovers. Grayson had six turnovers. Yeah, actually. I mean, that's that's yeah, yeah. just like, you can't do that. You cannot do that. If you're a good team, you can't turn the ball over that often. Well, we turned it over less than they did tonight. But yeah, I, We it, also shot 61% and barely won. But let's talk about that full-court press, because here's, here's what had preceded it. I hope we never see it again. What had preceded it? No, it was effective. What preceded it was Notre Dame picking us apart with Colson. On those screen and rolls, just like we had been getting picked apart earlier in the season, and we didn't have an answer. Yeah, actually, we were struggling. We we're really struggling to find an answer. Can I? And Mike Bray, Mike Bray is terrific. Yeah. And like the, that team is so well. Bonzi Colson is terrific. Bonzi Colson plays great. He's just unbelievable. He's really good. I loved when Grayson so, just dared him to shoot the three, and he said, "You're going to give me this space," and he says, "Okay, I'll shoot this three. And he right. drained it. It was the opposite. Like that was the only time on the screen they they actually switched the screen. Okay. And Colson wound up with the ball outside the three-point line, and Grayson gave him five feet. It was yeah. a mistake. Yeah. Because it was just a mistake. So the full-court press was awful. The, no, was listen, dude. The, listen, okay. listen, listen. They were picking us apart. We couldn't stop oh, it. You're talking in the second half. In the second half. Yeah. We put they that full-court press on. on decent run. And it, it leads to them making different kinds of decisions. They Even when they broke the press... They're moving the ball in a way. They're, they don't get into that set offense. Yeah, like the and they're just taking different shots. They that was sort of the end of them screen and rolling us to death. At least for a few minutes, it broke up that momentum. That's why it worked. That's why it worked. See, I don't think it worked. The, I'm pretty sure it worked. I have to go back and like, watch okay, the game again. But okay, so go back and watch and, okay. and try to try to. I will, but let me also rewind just briefly. Uh, like I hate to go back, but if yeah, we can go, go back. back to if we can go back to Louisville, sure. You you mentioned that the guards were just killing us, taking it right to the hole. The guards are penetrating. And then I specifically remember Coach K went to a two three zone, and they stopped making shots, and he attributed that to the zone, just a different look. But I still thought our zone was terrible. Even if in, like in we don't game. press perfectly, in that we game, don't play a two-three zone perfectly. If what you're throwing at them is a different if, look, if they figured it out, and you change it up, it throws them off. These are college players; they're not. It's not Chris Paul running the offense. As good as Louisville's guards are, they're not. They're not like 
experts at basketball. They're Don, very good Donovan players. Donovan Mitchell. They're really good. They're they're very. They're good. not they're not Michael Jordan. They're not Chris Paul. They can't just instantly recognize. Like they might know you're playing zone, but they're not used to it. Okay. You get used to the Duke's defense. I just, I just so maybe we're just playing yeah. a different kind of. Mediocre I just, I just felt like Coach K. You know, yeah, he's trying different things, but to the eye test, it doesn't seem like it's that effective. And then when it sort of works, when the other team just stops making shots, like they're they're going to shoot jump shots. It's fifty fifty to make it or miss. And when they start missing a few, you attribute that to like this new little wrinkle. That's you not threw true, away. man. Because because they were com- teams are comfortable running that pick and roll against us if they have the personnel to do it. And they get comfortable. You have to do something to take them out of it. And you have to play disruptive defense. What's disruptive? What's more disruptive than changing your entire defense than forcing them to play a completely different style of basketball? When you have to break a press, it's just a different style of it, ball movement. It, it wasn't the, a press, though. It wasn't like a Louisville or VCU press. It was just like they... It was... It was they were they, they were, couldn't uh, get they into were, their sets the they same were, way. They were hardly applying pressure. It was like a super soft full court press, and I'm just like, why are you doing this? It's not just to just throw a different look at them and to like make force them to make different decisions. It does do that. Yeah, but it also forces them to take an extra five to seven seconds off the shot clock. Yeah, and if you noticed, Notre Dame would break us down in that like second half of the shot clock a lot of the time, because as well executing a team as they are. Well executed, their offenses, they take they take some time to do it. They're not like making. They're not quick hitting, you know. They're not running, you know, Steve Nash, you know, fast fast paced offense. You know, they're yeah. just very effective, very deliberate, and it's hard to guard them for thirty seconds. Right. So here, you not only throwing a different look at them, getting getting them out of exactly what they were doing, because a lot of times it looks like, and this is what Louisville does to teams. When you know in years when Louisville would you know press or when any Patino team would would do the full court press and apply pressure up and down the court, it might seem like you're going to get an open layup and you might get some easy baskets, but you're not doing what you normally do. You're not a team that runs fast breaks all the time. Anyhow, it's disruptive, and that's that's what defense has to be in any sport. Disruptive. Okay. So all right. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> not a joke, not a joke. I, I, I actually, I don't love that Coach K basically says, I just let him play. I say, be you. Yeah. You guys be you. And like, just there's run, no. Just run motion. It would, yeah, it would be nice if, if we had some, you know. We do have like pretty decent inbounds plays, but it does feel like sometimes the other team has a whole game plan where they have all these, all these beautifully like crafted, like off the ball. Curl routes around screens, and it felt that way against Notre Dame, against North Carolina. It felt like they had a really great game plan, until, until we, until they didn't, right? Until Joe Barry was off the court, they, they didn't, you know, and until we just started, just playing above the rim, like in terms of our shooting, and Jason Tatum was just. Let's talk about Jason Tatum. He should have gotten the MVP. He didn't get the MVP. No. What are you talking about? He didn't get it. They gave it to Luke. Yeah, but that's a joke. It uh, they did vote before the title game, but still, I felt like it should be Tatum. That's an absolute joke. Yeah, it should hundred percent be Tatum. I, I mean, mean, it should have been Co. Like Luke, Luke also played great, but nah, Tatum dude. does more things. But most people just look at points. You know, that's what they look at. He does more things. I mean, he's 
he's great on both ends of the court in this tournament. Yeah. But not just that. I mean, Luke Luke shot pretty cold for, for stretches. Yeah. And Tatum scored well and efficiently. Like, yeah. He had a couple, like, 25-point games. But anyway, yeah, he didn't get yeah. MVP. Any NBA scouts watching this, just, how could they not, like, just have a huge boner for Jason Tatum? Tatum and Kennard are going up, up, Draft Express. Yeah. Let's talk about that put-back dunk tonight. Insane. Insanely athletic. Insane from every angle. <laughs> and and did you know, I told you, I think I told you last week that I noticed that when Tatum goes coast-to-coast, takes four or five dribbles max and like often yeah, told me picks like up his was, dribble yeah. around the three-point line he had one of those tonight yeah <laughs> he he did and I, oh you're the talking play about of the, at, the, at the end of the game let's talk about the play of the tournament okay the play of the tournament is tight game we're up one yeah we're up one we're up one because tatum split pair of free throws tatum is like def- he's he's guarding all the way close to the three-point line on the baseline and there's a there's a dribble drive by one of the Notre Dame guards, and Tatum comes from he comes comes over two other Duke players, and just extends his go go gadget arms out, leaps before the guy even has released the the layup attempt, and uh, just makes this incredible block. Somehow, like comes gathers the ball, yeah, goes coast to coast. Well, he his... he looked around first for like a yeah a guard. Yeah, no one was there. Well, I mean. <laughs> it was a Justice Winslow yeah. drive down the court. Yeah. And he actually got, they, they replayed it. I thought he got fouled on the play. Yeah. Like 100%. I liked how he protected the ball, though, before he jumped up to the basket. Because I feel like. It was in control. Yeah. It was in control. Yeah. It was in control. It was a superb play on both ends of the court. And it was the, you know, it was like the momentum play. And Shashevsky mentioned it after the game. And he said, "No, no, no, no. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> I, what he. That's what he said. He was he thinking. Said? Yeah. He's like, he said it was the. So he the, must. He must have said the, play the, guy, the whole said, team. Look, like when you when you get the ball, try to find Grace and try to find Frank or Luke. Like you can take it if it's if the situation is right. So he's like in his mind, he's saying, "Come on, Jason. We talked about this. Get the ball up." And he just took it coast to coast. It reminded me a little of the Harry Giles play from the in the Carolina game. Except this was later in the game. It was all him. He didn't need a pass. And it was just a thing of beauty. I watched it six times before I watched. Like, I just hit the the little replay button on my remote. And I just watched it like six times. I just couldn't believe it. It was incredible. He, he's, I mean, he's, he's elevating his game to the point where he's just so valuable. So valuable. Yeah. I mean, whatever quibbles we had with his shot selection earlier in the season... I mean, I, I saw some things about people calling him like, like a super selfish player. He is all over the court. His his effort level, is is incredible. He's and he's got to pace constantly himself. out of breath. He's got to pace himself because he's playing every minute. He played thirty nine minutes in let's in, in three of the four ACC games and thirty six in the other. Oh. This guy averaged 37, 38 minutes a game, and uh, you know. Fired up, uh, what, 56 shots in the tournament. You know, uh, 31 for 56 from the field. Didn't have a game where he shot. This worst shooting game was 7 of 15. He didn't even shoot that well from three-point range, right? So he shot 3 of uh, 17 from three-point range in the tournament. Oh, is that right? 
0 for 2, 1 for 4, 1 for 2, 1 for 7 against Clemson. So yeah, 3, I'm sorry, 3 for 15. So 31 out of 56 in the field, 3 to 15 of those wow. from 3. That's actually, that means he shot that's actually, 28 yeah. out of 41 from the from the field that from 2, yeah. 2 points. That's actually good because I actually was a little bit um, concerned after that UVA game where he went like, he made six or seven three pointers. I thought he might fall in love with a three point shot and not attack the basket. Like yeah, his body and his athleticism is just so tailor made for attacking the basket. And if he gets fouled, he's like such a good free throw shooter. That's what he should be doing. And and hit you know attempting open threes, but don't let that be, be your go to default shot. Like look to attack. He had one big dunk against he, Carolina. He had multiple Coming. big big dunks. Yeah, just a, just. Hats off to Jason Tatum. Thanks for coming to Duke. And please keep it up in the NCAAs. You know, it's just it's just amazing to see a guy coming into his own like that. Like yeah. that that comp we thought he was a little He's, bit of irrationally confident early in the season. I just I just nah. I, I didn't He's, like some of his decision making, some of his decision making in open court, like that behind the back dribble against NC State. Yep. That game wouldn't even be a close game if he'd finished some of the attacks of the basket that he had. Um, the falling away shots, but I mean his his trajectory, his evolution of his game, and just like I mean, he's only played three quarters of the year. You know, he's only played what twenty five, twenty six games. He's become so good so fast. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, part of it I think is coming back from that injury and not yeah. playing so much. So I wonder if he was already kind of this good. It does feel like there's some improvement as well in terms of his adjustment to the college game. And, oh boy, has he adjusted. Yeah. And Jay Billis keeps gushing over him. And I don't blame him at all. It's uh, it's awesome. Right. Uh, Matt Jones hits the big shot. You know, plays his... Had a bunch of... Had a few steals tonight that were big plays. Clutch defense. Clutch D. Uh, Grayson Allen ends up really playing like a, like a, a really good upped, tournament. Upped his value. Yeah, and I, I sort of I, I like him off the bench. Embracing is yeah, playing off the bench. Even if he does, didn't play the last five minutes of that Notre Dame game, he's still just fired up into the game. I I, I watched uh, a few of the post game interviews. I mean, these kids they just interact so well together. They love each other. Um, They're all fired up. I love Frank Jackson's game in the it's tournament. Like very, very controlled. Very controlled. controlled with explosive aggression. Yeah, I mean, he's not finishing with dunks at the rim, but he is finishing so reliably, even when challenged at the basket with these these really beautiful yeah. touch layups, and uh, he had a he had, just very efficient. He very had a efficient. few turnovers, uh, but like I mean, that's just par for the course if you're handling the ball that much. I, I'm more concerned with uh, Luke Kennard had a number of travels, just. In weird spots. There are spots where Kennard looks like he's pressing and took some he took some bad shots, but you know, he's just such a nice shooter, and you have to forgive any time. The times he's forced it, his percentages are higher than just about anyone else yeah. in the country when they're forcing something. Right. And he he gets the roll a lot of time. He gets anytime he gets fouled, he's money. He's he's really playing. Everyone's hey, everyone. You, you're you, right. Everybody. Do you, do you remember in that horrifically officiated UNC game? <laughs> Right before I think it was the eight minute uh, TV timeout in the second half, um, Lucanard falls down to the ground. The yeah. uh, possession goes the other way. 
He's down on the ground. A ref leans down to help him up. Extends saw, a hand. Luke slapped his hand away. I saw a replay was, of that. Like, on how is that media. not a technical? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And why would you do that? I saw, the, I saw the, I saw that on uh, Twitter today. Yeah. And I was like, that can't be right. That is it absolutely sort of right. Looks I looked, I right. watched it like six times. I was like, you cannot slap away the hand of a ref. That should be a T. I wonder if there's a, a chance that. Yeah, I just don't know. No, he, he slapped it away in anger. It kind of seemed that way, but unless you're right there, you don't really know. Like, I, mean, I actually... It, it, it looked that way. It, if, it, if Grayson yeah. Allen had done it... It would it, be a national news story. He'd be suspended. Story. Yeah, yeah. But, Huge story. I mean, if it went down the way it looked like it went down, like yeah. I give props to the ref for not interjecting himself into the game and calling a, a tech. I mean, you got to let the games play out the way right. so, it should be. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's a guy who's not insecure, I guess. Sure. So, so we win the tournament. We cut down the nets. Everybody's celebrating. You know, even Bolden looked like he was kind of happy. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was good I'm to so, see. I'm still good waiting to see. for his moment. I want to know what his moment's uh, going to be. Well, his moment was in the uh, Miami game, second half of the Miami game. It was Capel's moment and his moment when they. That's when they originally threw oh, on that, that, that three quarter press. Oh, that first one. The first Miami game at home. The home game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he, played, Jones, he played like 20, 25 minutes. Matt right? Jones and Bolden won that game. For, they turned the game yeah. early in that second half. His defense, you know, if we are getting killed on pick and rolls, and I know it didn't work against uh, Louisville, but I still, Bolden can be the pick and roll stopper. He plays the best. I don't know. I mean, really, Jeter, Jeter might be. We, he's never getting into a game again, I guess. Hopefully he's injured. <laughs> for his sake. Or... I don't know. Uh, so, so basically, here here we are. We win the ACCs. What a transformation! I mean, yeah, not just in the team, but for the prospects of the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's huge. All right. So, I don't know that we've locked up a two seed. We've certainly locked up the best three. There are going to be a lot of committee members who go to sleep tonight, really thinking long and hard about us as a one seed. I don't think we have any chance at a one seed. I think it's higher than you you might think. I like think, I think it's like 10, 15% that we get a one seed. I heard someone say that. I heard Jay Bill is talking about it. The problem is that people overvalue record, and they're going to see the mm-hmm. eight losses, and there's never been a one seed with eight losses, and that's probably why we're not going to get it. But It's, it's not it's, just that. If you look, they, they do value the end of a season. Now, we had a nice run of wins. We lost against Syracuse, Miami. And UNC, all road games, three of the last four final regular season games. I don't know yeah. that a one seed has ever done that. Lost three out of four last regular season games. Right. And there are really good one seed candidates. Yes, I, I, I agree see the you. argument for getting the one seed over Carolina, but I think it might be sort of too late to radically improve that much. I, in, agree, I in, agree with you, yeah, yeah. but I, I do think that there may be a few people in the committee who will argue, hopefully... Um, very persuasively and passionately for us. Let's like, take a quick look like, at what no, Joel Lenardi has. Yeah, he'll have us as a two in the East against Villanova as the one. But no team in the country has more quality wins than us. It's not what he has. He has us as uh, the two in the Midwest with Kansas. Uh, you know, I wouldn't like him. Who's the three? Oregon? Ooh, Coach K gets his revenge against Dylan Brooks. Yeah, uh... So he has Villanova, North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Kansas still is the one seeds. Uh, 
you know, the Baylor, argument against I, North Carolina is that we have we have more top twenty five wins, right? More, more top fifty top wins. Top fifty wins. And, uh, and and we beat them two out of three. Yeah, and the and we, the league schedule was really unbalanced this year. And Giles dunked on their asses. <laughs> so did Tatum. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tatum with that dunk over Kennedy Meeks <laughs> at home was <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Carolina doesn't have any bad losses, right? They all, if you look at their wins, uh, they they, they they don't have they they never face any of the uh, tough ACC you know opponents what? on the road. They lost the, to Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. They lost yeah. Georgia. That's a bad loss. Yeah. But also, I mean, yeah. people people might factor in Coach K was gone for seven games, so I mean that's three losses there. We're we're trending. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I feel like people are going to put some thought into it. Yeah, I think we both agree. Most likely, we're a two seed at this point. Yeah, but and e- that's what we deserve. E- even just that is is a pretty radical transformation. Like heading in, we were thinking like four, five, or six, four, five, or six, and maybe three as a ceiling. Yeah. And to get it to lock up a two and and with the upside of a one, but you never know. Like the committee's sort of crazy. Like you really don't know what could happen. Yeah, and you look you look at our you look at how we ended the season. We ripped off seven in a row, lost three of four, and then we won the ACC's four games. Our our, our overall ACC record eleven and seven regular season, but then we beat four ACC teams in the tournament. We're basically fifteen and seven. Three of the top teams. Yeah, and in, yeah, absolutely. We beat Notre Dame twice. We beat North Carolina twice. We beat every team in the ACC. There's no one that swept us. I mean, we beat Florida State. We beat Miami. We beat I don't Louisville. Think, I don't think we ever beat NC State. Oh my God, we didn't beat NC State. And anytime Jason Tatum does something sick above the rim, I just think back to NC State. I mean, that's that's just how I'm wired. Like when he makes some sick dunk. I like come on, Jason. Just one time in that NC State game. All he had to do was finish that that final that other drive. But uh, yeah, if we beat NC State, I think I think we are the one seed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I two seeds fine. I'm fine with the two seed. For sure. I yeah. mean, we we basically. I mean, the first week is going to be so much easier than it would have been if if we hadn't ripped off these four wins. I mean, yeah. now we're going to play like a 15 seed so, and then like a. Seven or a ten seed. Yeah, as it stands, they have us playing Jacksonville State as a fifteen, and then the winner of Minnesota Seton Hall. Seton Hall played a great game against Villanova yeah. yesterday, but but you gotta like gotta like that, and then you definitely have to and like then every, that. Every every yeah. game from the elite, you know, this, into I, the Sweet Sixteen and after is a tough game. I think even the round of thirty-two, the second round, like people can get knocked off, including one and two seeds. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, playing playing like a seven or eight seed in your second game is so much better than playing like a four or five, which we were probably going to have to do. And they're projecting ten ACC teams in the tournament. Yeah, and think just, about that. Think about that. That's who we have to play all the time. And I'm not like like Gonzaga plays in the conference they play. There's nothing they can do. But if Gonzaga were to play in the ACC, you have to try to imagine what their record would be. I mean. Min- minimum a handful of losses. Of course, of course they're gonna lose. Yeah, we just don't know. We never really know. We never but really if it's know. It's proven out in the, and, in the NCAA's and, every year. And the NCAA bit. tournament doesn't prove one way or the other because it's just a big cluster randomness any, fest. It doesn't prove any individual case, but if you look over ten or fifteen years, there are there are you know there's that that's some kind of proof. My, and the ACC yeah. 
Minus, results. Mi- ACC results are the best. Minus the VCU, Wichita State, George Mason entries into the Final Four. Like, the Final Four is pretty much power conferences. Like, those are the best teams, best talent. Okay. Well, um... Yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll try to do one uh, yeah. after we, we get our seed. This was a good recap. Sorry it. it was lengthy, but there were four games to cover. Yeah. And four then, exhilarating. Like, this is this was really just like a a feast of Duke basketball. It was great. Yeah, I wasn't fully ready for it. Like, I had a busy usually, week. Yeah, usually we play, <laughs> then we have like four or five days off, then we play, yeah. and it's like staggered. But here's just bam, 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 and the quality of the opponents were so, was so high. Games were great. Every game was was pretty great, except I didn't really enjoy the Clemson game. Yeah, Uh, I agree. But yeah, the last three were just phenomenal. Yeah, how it's a gift to get a third Carolina game and to win it is just fantastic. I'm I'm hoping for a fourth in Phoenix. Carolina hasn't beaten us in the ACC tournament since '98. '98? I don't think that's right. I think that's what they said. Okay, we'll revisit it in the future. Since we were seniors. Carolina has not beaten Duke in the ACC tournament since 1998. I believe so. Doesn't seem like a reasonable statement, but we don't have to get bogged down. Yeah. See if I can quickly Google it. I can't. (laughs) I can't. I can't quickly Google it. Anyway, so... So, uh... We'll get back back at it in a few days after uh, Selection Sunday, and I'm sure all the talking heads will dissect and... You know, talk about all the brackets, and then we'll give you our thoughts probably on Tuesday. Sounds good. Uh, definitely Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Wednesday will be too late. Yeah. Um, and great job. I mean, just a fantastic job. Yeah. If anyone affiliated with the the program is listening, hats off. Thanks. Thanks for the gift of, yeah. of this ACC run. It was just. It was pretty phenomenal. It uh, it made it, it definitely made a lot of the the strife as a fan worth going through, and I bet you it made a lot of the strife that the team went through super worth it. And ultimately, it's overcoming struggles that that makes us strongest in life. And so, despite all the trouble each of these guys has gone through, the the redemptive arc makes you know. The heights that we can reach are all the more meaningful for having overcome the struggles. And six more wins. We need to extend this four-game winning streak to a ten-game winning streak. That's what, that's what we're calling for. Ten and zero, last ten games. We take every criticism back. <laughs> Maybe. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, all right. Good